Hello. I said hello. Answer me. All right, look. This is the Jim Burns Day podcast. We're back. We've been doing stuff. I don't really know what that is. Yeah, I mean, we, just, we just recorded last week's yeah, podcast. Yeah, so really I'm out of stuff to talk about. Yeah, that's, so, that's called time shift then. Yeah. Oh, so there's someone outside mowing the lawn. So if you can hear that, that really irritating, droning, that's Jim. That's just your voice. <laughs> Wanker. Right, listen, what are we talking about? What's happening? Come on, give me, give me the goss. While we're recording this, yeah, uh-huh. Super Mario Odyssey is still not out, but it's got a 10 out of 10 from Edge. Now listen, I don't know how you can really trust that. Because, and this is nothing to do with exclusives, or embargoes, or timings, they, didn't they give the original Doom 7 out of 10? Yeah. Yeah. And, and they also complained famously that you couldn't talk to the monsters. Yeah. Well, they didn't complain. They just said, wouldn't it be great if you could talk to the yeah. monsters? Yeah. And now, no. and now you can talk to the monsters in every game. Yeah. And, and people rubbish. don't want it. Yeah, exactly. 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 It's the same. It's like asking people why... people just keep hitting the skip button. Well, it's like asking why fucking Slayer albums don't start with 17 minute mm-hmm. spoken word sections. Mm-hmm. They just don't. Okay, well, look, this is what we've been up to. This is what we've been up to. Nothing. Because we just recorded the last one and this is going back to back so really actually no time has passed in our world yeah so imagine it's like the twilight zone we haven't done anything oh Jim had a job eh? <laughs> I read a I read a, a couple more chapters in uh, the Don Simpson book yeah which was good he's yeah. you know he's been up to a lot of bad stuff like mm-hmm. a lot but you know uh, so listen let's just crack on with the question shall we let's just do that mm-hmm. uh, well the next half hour is your own because uh, Sean Cleaver asks yeah lovely Sean Cleaver what does Jim Trinker, culture critic. All right, mate. Think about the casting of Discovery and the Orville, and then in block capitals, only the casting. I'd just like to apologise now because Jim Trinker is going to let all of you down because yeah. he's definitely not going to stick to just the casting. Yeah, well, cool. Well, all right, I'm, I'm going to be on my phone now. I'm, so. glad, I'm glad you asked that, Sean, because uh, <laughs> it's it's a it's a very strange time for Star Trek fans because it's been off the air for like you know nearly ten years, more than ten years actually. 12 years, and now we have two Star Trek shows. And one of them is an almost pitch-perfect recreation of 90s Star Trek, mm-hmm. which is the Star Trek everyone, of certainly of my generation, loves and mm-hmm. misses. And then we've got this new Star Trek that's all about war and, and saying fuck and being... So they swear in it and, now. And using mushrooms to warp to other bits of the universe. But they, they swear in it now. There was a weird moment in the last episode where one of them says a swear word and then they all react to it as if as if the show is saying, was there just a swear word on Star Trek? Yeah. And then someone else says it as if to... What's the problem with you know. the, they're adults, they're allowed to swear? No, the way it's done was weird though because it really was kind of like... You break the fourth wall. It was way. if it was like, yeah, as if it was really like going, by the way, we swear now. They're adults, they're allowed to break the fourth wall. They're like, listen, it's fine. They're allowed to do it. Yeah. It was just weird. Mm-hmm. And I'm not quite sure how comfortable I am with the idea that swearing exists in the Star Trek universe. I love the idea that you're fine with war. Like just War's raging fun. across the galaxy. Listen, the idea that someone went, oh shit. People is... getting fucking yeah. iced left, yeah. right, and centre. That's fine. But you're okay with fucking Captain Kirk beaming don't... his cock up fucking everyone, but you're not you're not you're not happy with someone saying don't, fuck. Don't use harsh language. That's just, just taking it too far. No, I mean it's just the idea that at, at some point Captain Picard would have been giving it fucking Shut up, Wes. Sitting down you in can't. his ready room, pulling his little fucking shirt down and being like, Oh, I can't be fucked today, lads. <laughs> uh, although now that I've put it like that, I quite like the idea. Exactly. So. But but Patrick Stewart would have been delivering the line. 
Yeah. So you've had this great thing is good and Patrick yeah. Stewart delivers it. I can't be fucking. It's the only FIFA menu you don't actually skip past. I know you're just exclusively Pez, but when you. I know I'm not. I play fucking loads of FIFA. That's mm. a fact. Yeah, uh, but it's, it, it's Star Trek Discovery is good, and we're talking about the casting. Good, nice. We're talking about the casting. I mean, it's 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 probably the it's the weirdest kind of ensemble for a Star Trek show because it's not like because all the other Star Trek shows were basically about the bridge crew and it centered on the captain and it was about the captain making the life and death calls and and all that stuff but this this follows a, uh, this follows a character called Burnham who is well you know I mean she starts off the show starts with the labor party doesn't she it? starts off the pro- <laughs> she starts off the Isn't show she the mayor of Manchester um essentially committing treason and then getting thrown into prison so celebrity it, jail or normal one uh, well, she's not in prison for very long before the so celebrity jail. It's celebrity deal, yeah, because it's not long before they're like, listen, you're far too talented to be inside. We need you on this boat. But like, it's, so it's like the dirty dozen. But it's it's very it's very much more about the lower deck stuff. It's not you don't spend much time on the bridge at all. Which no, is it's like Downton Abbey. It's <laughs> In space, I guess so. Yeah, but it's it's really you know it's a it's a nice twist on the old kind of format because like we've had too many Star Trek shows I think that are just about fucking superhuman bridge officers going around the galaxy doing colonialism mm. um, and that you know and every every decision they make is the right one and you know it's about people succeeding where this is this is just about people fucking up. Is it much more murky? Yes. The morality of it? I mean, or? you know, I, I hate the term, but it's, it's a bit darker. I mean, it's literally darker because mm-hmm. they, they don't seem like they turn many of the lights on. <laughs> so it's it's very much Star Trek reinvented for 2017, which is what it needs to be. It's really well done. I quite like and it. And they say, fuck, I'm I watching now. They say, fucking it, yeah. And this yeah. is every week on Netflix. This is, uh, yeah, it goes up every Monday on Netflix if you're in uh, the UK. So. Okay. Um, if you're in the US, you have to like pay for a special subscription service on CBS to watch it, which is like. Wouldn't have thought so, mate. <laughs> Can't they nice. just use a VPN and watch well, it? I don't know if they've started doing that. They started doing that with Stargate as well, which is mental. Oh, they started like, making Stargate. Um, they're, 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 they're doing a prequel show called Stargate Origins, but they've just launched a service called Sorry. Stargate Command, which is basically costs like 20 quid a year and you just you can stream Stargate on it. <laughs> That's all it is. Wow. It's like Netflix. Imagine Netflix, but there's nothing but Stargate. It's the same episode. Hold on, that's your dream. I fucking love it, yeah. Almost, I mean, if, if Now TV didn't have it, I'd have been subscribed already. It's like, fucking yours. Shut it. So, um, but yeah, and then, so, so the, yeah, as I say, we've got two Star Trek shows now, essentially, because you've got the new dark Star Trek that's about war and people getting fucking munched. And then you've got this Orville, Seth MacFarlane's, own personal wish fulfillment Star Trek show in which he plays the captain and gets to fucking gets to bang Charlize Theron in one episode so you know exactly what he's doing uh, and it, it's somehow it's good and it has no fucking right to be because it's terrible like the premise is terrible no you misread the premise you thought it was going to be like Galaxy Quest well no they missold the premise excuse me I don't believe they ever said it was going to be a satirical take yes they did no, when did they say I mean, that well they, they presented it as a straight oh okay they presented it in trailers as a straight up comedy where, where do I find the Orville 
Um, well, I mean, that, that that's a little bit more on shaky ground. Uh, Fly to the States and watch it. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's what I've been You doing. watched it when yeah. you were in the States. I swear yeah. to God, it's cost me about a grand a week to keep up with. But fair, work, like, you know, yeah, absolutely um, fair. You know, but I think it's worth the money because it's, it's quite I, good. I, absolutely, absolutely, um, as, as it should be. So, but yeah, it's uh, it's oddly a good show. Somehow it's, it's and it's it, it really kind of, it's very well observed like all the camera angles and stuff are, are really similar to Star Trek the Next Generation and all the all the story beats are it's like it's it's like somebody really 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 studied 90s Star Trek and just made their own like it's it's Did like you get paid to be it, consultants on this show <laughs> mm. No but I mean it's mm. so I mean it was sold as a Star Trek parody but I'm finding it's less of a parody and more of a bootleg but you know it's good. Okay. So it piqued my interest there, yeah, Jim. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually really what? surprised because I can't stand Seth MacFarlane. But somehow, watching his little fucking when he's managed to convince Fox to give him millions of dollars to pretend to be Captain Kirk, I'm okay with it because it's actually all right. You know what I don't like about so, Star Trek? The guns. The guns are all weedy, and I don't like uh, the outfits. Well, the thing about I think it was a smart. The outfits look uncomfortable. Well, the, the thing about the the guns the phasers is that Roddenberry wanted uh, the even the war uh, paraphernalia of this utopian society to 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 not feel warlike so he wanted the phasers to look and feel like tools rather than mm -hmm. uh, killing machines so that's why they are the way they are that's why they don't go around with shotguns yeah but why not well because because he wanted he was imagining what the weapons of a of a pacifistic society would look like. Okay, but why do they have the weapons? For self-defense. Well, for self-defense and for yeah. actually for heating up rocks. They do that a lot. This is shy. When They've got the, these weedy the, little phasers. When they when they when they're trapped on a like there's loads of episodes where they're trapped on a planet, right? Mm -hmm. Two people are trapped on a planet. And they need to keep warm, and it's fucking below zero, and they're like they're waiting for the ship to rescue them. That's when they cut open the animal and crawl inside, isn't it? Yeah, no, no. yeah, yeah. But a lot of the time, there's Harrison Ford's lot, in it. Loads of times where they've done this this trick where they fucking phasered a rocks until it's red hot, and then just sat around it going, "That's quite warm now." It's all right. I'll have the phaser. You can have the shotgun, and we'll yeah. see what happens. So. Well, I'd like the phaser version of the shotgun. <laughs> for goodness' sake. What about when you need a bit more fucking stopping power? Well, they've got proper like rifles and stuff. Oh. Oh, okay. Well, tell me which episodes those are in. That's, I'll watch those Well, that's on the holiday. I mean, that's, that's basically Deep Space Nine. The great... Listen, it's, it's, I've told you this before, but it, there's a duality in Star Trek where you've got, essentially, you've got Next Gen, which is the utopian, cap, you know, the crew of the flagship going around... Being, Prime director. ...being amazing. They don't even get involved in the, in the many wars that are going on because they're just like... Because they're essentially the fucking they are they're 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 like the PR wing of the Starfleet. It's because military. no one would fire a shot on Patrick Stewart. Yeah, exactly. I mean that's the mm. other thing, and the you know going around being nice to people and shagging everyone, and then you know you flip the coin and you've got Deep Space Nine, which shows you the side of that world that's actually sustaining the um, the idyllic lifestyles of those people uh, that you see in Next Gen is actually an undercurrent of war and death and criminality and uh, and the, 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 the bottom rungs of society that get forgotten about. I can't take it seriously. There's too many weird prosthetic heads. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But look, look, the point is, is that Orville and Discovery are both 
extremely good Star Trek shows. That's obvious in, lies. In entirely different ways. Is Orville in the first season? Yeah, they're, yeah, okay. they're both in the first season. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. I'll I mean, check them out. Yeah, I'm not I won't. Sure. I won't do it. Next question. <laughs> James asks, "What shite directors pulled one decent film out of their ass?" Dave Mills. Mate, there's two good ready ones. <laughs> Just wait till we Oi, get a feature That's film, my arm. Uh, Paul W. S. Anderson. Although I hear shopping is okay. Mm. But uh, I've not seen Yeah, it. I was thinking on this. I don't know any director that's actually had terrible, terrible, terrible films, then one good hit. Mm. I mean, even Michael Bay's got The Rock. The first Transformers is actually fun. The first, tra- the first Transformers is okay. Like, the first Transformers is... It's just a silly movie and it knows what it is it's and so silly. it's enjoyable. The best thing about the first Transformers movie is, like, you're watching it and you think, this this is just a live-action 80s cartoon. Like, it's it's perfectly translated. The first Transformers movie is fantastic. Before it got shite and, yeah. and parts Before they racist. started fucking taking it seriously. It's like, excuse me, mate, it's about giant robots fucking each other up. Like, the, the there's director, nothing about this you want to take seriously. Christopher Nolan, I think, is one. Oh, get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> He's only made the one good film, isn't it? Yeah, Memento. Memento. <laughs> oh. Exactly, fact. The rest of them are all fucking dog shit. Yeah. Nah, only, only joking, Chris. Big Chris. M. Night Shyamalan. That's one. I mean, He's made good stuff, hasn't he? Sin- hasn't he started? Because he made like Sixth Sense and Unbreakable, and then he made a lot of I fucking mean, shit. Both. But then right. he's gone back to the Unbreakable universe now, hasn't Actually, he's gone back Spoiler! To no, it, it's that. That is and, a spoiler. No, it's How not. How is that a spoiler? It's, it's common knowledge the now. Of the, the, end of the, the end of the movie with the reveal, that's a spoiler. What are you on about? Anyway, the, the two films, are, two of his previous films are linking up for the new one. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad I didn't say the name of it because there is a spoiler at the end of one <laughs> of his movies which <laughs> reveals that link. Oh, well, 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 now that you've fucking said, that oh, is a spoiler. Oh, well, I didn't say the I name of it. I didn't say anything well, about None it. of these are good films anyway, so it doesn't like... Yeah. Also, here's the thing, right? That fucking shite, unbreakable nonsense, yeah? Mm-hmm. So there's a train accident or whatever, and he's the only one that's not completely munched. And then his wife asks him the question, you know, when was the last time you were ill or broke a bone? He's like, I can't remember. So why is he fucking bald? Yeah? What... Right? If he, if nothing bad can happen to him, why has he gone bald? I mean, this is Burns' number one thing. I mean, the entirety of our trip to Japan, he would just stop me and go, look at that guy. He's like 70 and he's still got a full head yeah. of hair. Yeah, like there, there, was, there are very few bald men on the yeah. ground in Japan. What, what I would say is that your resistance to disease is, is not necessarily linked to meal pattern baldness. That's true. But so, I just like to, I like to wind people up about it. testosterone though? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's like something about inhibitors. I don't know. But, I mean, I do know. <laughs> but, <laughs> let's look. What, what's the fucking... M. Night Shyamalan... What, what's the question? There's too much about, testosterone in here, because it's like... What about the guy Simon shouting? West? I do think what? he did Con Air, which was okay. And then he did uh, The Saint, and a load of other shit. What's his name? Is that the Val West? Kilmer? Uh, Simon West, yeah. Simon West, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there's very few who just... Remain in the game if their stuff isn't necessarily to that. What is uh, what did Robert Wise do? He directed oh. Curb Enthusiasm, didn't he? Yeah, he also did. Uh, Robert Wise directed Con- Curb Enthusiasm. Hold on, are we talking about Robert Wise from? We might in, be talking about that separate. I'm talking about Robert B. Wise. Maybe I've got the the name of the guy wrong. What did, what film? Are You're you unbelievable. Of? What I'm film not thinking of that guy. I'm thinking about Robert Wise as in W I S E. Oh, him. Not Weiss. 
Robert Wise, who did the sound of music <laughs> and West Side Story and Star Trek the Motion Picture. So what's your point? He's not got one fucking <laughs> good film, has he? The, on, the first four that well, come well, up are well, classics. Well, what I'm saying is, is that he's only ever done one good movie and that is The Sound of Music. What about Star Trek the Motion Picture? Day of the Earth is still fucking dog shit. No, it's Star Trek not. the motion picture is fucking dog shit. No, well, unbelievable. Oh, story is not dog shit. That is dog shit. Excuse me. I've never seen it, but it probably is. <laughs> Have exactly. you ever seen the Andromeda strain? That's fucking terrible. You're fucking terrible. What's the last film he ever directed before he before he uh, uh, before he rooftops. passed away? <laughs> before he got fucking munched. Just after um <laughs> before he got iced. <laughs> just after Star Trek. I don't know. I've not seen that one. Nah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would, I would put him forwards uh, on the on on the basis that the sound of music is the only good. So film we're, put, in we're that putting list. forward Robert Wise, who on his IMDb page won four Oscars, another thirty-two <laughs> wins, and twenty-five nominations for the guy who's done one good film. Who? Um, oh, here's one. The uh, uh, fucking the guys who directed Crank, uh, and then Neville Dean Taylor. Um, so that's no good films, right? Excuse me, Crank is the best fucking action movie, probably the best Western movie of the last 40 years, I'd say. That's what it's, it's cold out. Why do you crank, say though, Yeah, Neville Dean and Taylor. Why do yeah. you even say things? What? I'm just. I'm at just. All. I'm just uh, putting my opinion out there. <laughs> like you've been doing about the Orville for the last two months. Uh, they directed Ghost Rider and. Oh, I mean, yeah, if Crank is. Didn't considered it, it, good then yes it's, it's that's not, definitely I mean correct. it's not even Ghost Rider isn't that Ghost Rider Spirit two? of Vengeance yeah what about the guy uh, presuming it's a guy who directed the movie Talk you know the motorcycle one day was uh, it not the same guy that did fucking Triple X could be but Talk was directed by Joseph Kahn no it's not him yeah well I'm what, sure what the else has he X done guy was involved though N- nothing I've heard of who was the guy that directed well, Triple go. X I don't know oh Rob, he's done loads of music videos Rob Something Taylor Swift and Shakira Shakira. Well, look, and Eminem. Talk is the greatest movie I've seen in the cinema, probably. Look, look up, look up, uh, Triple X. Triple X, or just type XXX. Isn't it? Yeah, XX, what Vin Diesel is <laughs> Triple X. Uh, yeah, Triple X, right? Rob Cohen, right? He's got to be here because he's a dog shit director. And Hold he's done. on, didn't uh, he? Fast and the Furious. He... They've gone and made about another 400 of them. Didn't he direct Dragon as well? Yes. The Bruce Lee story. Yeah. Yeah? Well, I'll tell you what. And the mu- Wait, is that the original Mummy? No. no. That's like Mummy 15, isn't it? Yeah, the Mummy, the Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. Ooh. Yeah, I don't think so, mate. Did anyone see the new Mummy? No, apparently it was terrible, though. Yeah, apparently, basically, I read that um, it's poor performance in every respect basically fucking killed the universal monster universe yeah because don't announce a universe before you've announced something to anchor it to yeah exactly exactly the big bang didn't fucking happen because there was a universe there create that universe yeah what are you talking about i'm talking about science in it science something that you wouldn't understand You're a flat earther, James. So you exactly. don't believe in all this. You, I'm, just for the record, I'm not a flat earther. Just want to point that out. Flat earther Berlin. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Right, now uh, we've finished amusing like ourselves. The best thing you've ever said. Flat me. earther Tidville. Right. <laughs> right, look. Next fucking question. Yeah, okay. I think we've comprehensively yeah. answered that yeah. one. Uh, so sticking with directors, Dr. Fist... 
ask what our opinion on director's cuts of films is. I mean, it's so broad uh, a topic. I mean, there's been some ones where the 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 direct my favorite director's cuts, and I don't know how many examples that there are, are ones that are shorter than the theatrical release. I really so, Scott's yeah, alien. director's obviously gone. Listen, that's fucking dog shit. Take that out. Um, like, the, 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 I think the most um, kind of striking one is, and I know it's topical, but is Blade Runner, surely, yeah. because like um, the 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 final cut of that film changes it entirely. Like the theatrical cut has that voiceover, famously, and it's. Um, uh, it's a it's a much more kind of I think a less ambiguous and a more simple. Well, story. it is less ambiguous because they they run away together, don't they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like um, they you know, being he and so the, the difference between the studio vision and the director vision on that film is kind of vast, and a, and a lot of these ones you don't really like the director's cut of, the, of a film can like well, it's sold as a director's cut, but it's like well it's got like four minutes of extra footage, and but yeah, otherwise it's the same film. But four minutes can be a lot. Yeah, totally. So can the, the removal, like the removal yeah, of the yeah, ending yeah. of the eighty-two version of Blade Runner, where they, mm-hmm. which is some of its unused footage from The Shining, the wider really? unused footage from The Shining, and that I've always thought that Deckard was a replicant. It seems obvious considering the memory stuff and the unicorn, but the ambiguity is the nice part about it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, adding and subtracting. There's a really interesting director's cut, which is apparently Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, mm-hmm. which was a massive hit. It was a massive yeah. hit, that movie. And it's, you know, had that fucking song. But apparently the, the director of it, I don't think it's particularly poorly regarded. Everyone just kind of likes it as like a, a very nice early 90s action romp Listen, starring it's, it's Kim, right. it's Kevin film. Costner. And, you yeah. know, it's got a good performance by Alan Rickman and Christian Slater's in it. It's got some cool shots. And the one Morgan Freeman's Aaron. in it. Morgan yeah, Freeman's in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, generally, uh, Mary Elizabeth Ashtray is a fucking fantastic. Where did she go? Where does she go? Is she not dead, is she? You know, the woman who plays Marion, she's it's not dead. Burns all right. It's turned into the fucking Donald Trump now. It's weird. <laughs> I just, I just want to make sure before I say, where does she go? Yeah. And it turns out actually she's died in uh, 1982. <laughs> Let's have a look. It's quite cool. Um, Dave just typed Robin Hood into IMDb and the first thing that came up was men in tights. <laughs> uh, Unlike others, I have a British accent. But... Yeah, apparently the director was saying that he felt vindicated by the director's cut because apparently it's mm. not. I don't know if it's that much longer, but it has something which almost completely changes the mm-hmm. a lot of uh, the plotting in the same way that the first version of movie version Daredevil has a complete subplot with Coolio that's just been cut. That's a, a subplot with Coolio. Yeah, I mean I've heard that like there, there's an entire subplot of Daredevil that was that was tossed, but yeah. I don't think I'd heard that it involved Coolio. Yeah, yeah, he's he's in it. Yeah, mate, what, just as himself. Still, she's still knocking around and working. She, she was amazing. She's in the Punisher. Mm. What the TV show? Yeah, mate, it's getting watched. She's great, and she is incredible in The Color of Money as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, get it watched. On. Get it watched. And, and Grimm the, as well. Has and the Abyss. Grimm? I've I've yeah, started watching Grimm. I watched the first episode. I thought it was absolutely dreadful. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say I'm kind of the same. <laughs> Well, it wasn't that good. whatever. Director's uh, cuts. What about, uh, Limitless. Anyone seen that? That's, no, I haven't seen that. That gets pushed on Netflix a lot. She's also in that. Yeah. Oh right. I don't know. Yeah. One director's cut that people always talk about is <clears throat> Terminator Two, mm-hmm. which uh, which has loads of stuff in it that's really 
which is nice. Terminator 2 Terminators. <laughs> exactly. Right, it's about, okay, it's a group of Marines, but this time there's more Terminators, which is kind of true, depending on which way you look I at mean, it. I mean, there is literally more Terminators. So uh, One thing that someone was talking about uh, on Twitter, I think it was a friend of this podcast, Michael Gapper, mm-hmm. and he was saying about how he really liked the, um, a lot of the stuff that gets, that got tossed out of Terminator 2's theatrical cut. Mm-hmm. You could live without it, like when he searches John Connor's room and he kind of, the T-1000 touches stuff. He's rubbing his fucking horns all over everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, after... Stuff that doesn't need to be in there, like when he kills the dog and realises afterwards that, you know, pulls the collar off and he's got the name. But one thing that that did get removed towards the end, which was nice, was uh, when the T-1000 uh, puts its hand on a railing, it changes colour to show it's malfunctioning. It mm. adapts to the colour of the railing yeah. without... Yeah. It being programmed to basically, you know, it can change what it wants, but it mm-hmm. doesn't want to do that. But I think the reason that was removed was because that earlier scene where it's touching stuff to get the information was removed. So generally, I mean, they could have, it could have mm-hmm. still gone in there because by this point, you know that it can be the floor. It can adapt to being the floor. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I was a bit puzzled as to why they took that out. Um, I suppose they just because wanted... it's really cool. It looks cool. And as he well. shakes the hand, yeah. and it you know goes through. I think it's yellow and mm-hmm. uh, but and that also gives uh, some more context to when uh, he looks. Uh, is it is it in the theatrical version when uh, he tells the difference between the two Sarah Connors by looking down and the again the malfunction is there, so the feet are starting to take on the shape of the or the, the uh, texture of the grating that they're standing on. So that's how they know, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, but that one, the smile in Terminator 2's special edition is just funny. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think it makes... It, the movie is already knit too close to nearly being a comedy and a lot bad to the bone. Until it passes to Terminator 3, which just is an absolute homage to the previous two. Yeah, well, listen, I like the beginning and ending of Terminator 3. Everyone gets munched. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Aliens has yeah. the scene with Ripley's uh, daughter, mm-hmm. who's dead and has the sentry guns. Uh, a bit more at the beginning before they get to uh, get to Hadley's Hope. Yeah. Um, someone was saying on Twitter as well that they were just discussing this uh, randomly about they don't like the fact that you see what happens to the people, or at least some of the people, uh, on the place before you get there as the Marines because you're then not in the shoes of the Marines. Yeah. When they arrive, you literally have no idea what's going to be on the planet. Mm-hmm. You know from the first movie that it's very rocky and barren and hazardous to just walk around. But when they open the door, it kind of loses all of that because you've seen the interior yeah. of uh, of the compound. Do other directors' cuts that really change stuff? Well, I, one we both like that gets a lot of flack from some people is Apocalypse Now. I love the Redux version of that. Well. It's brilliant. Yeah. It adds a load of scenes that are important. Yeah, I mean, some people might say the kind of the the Playboy bunny scenes and stuff is is a throwaway scene, but it's not. It's about the you know the collapse of America going into that war and the way they approached going to Vietnam yeah. compared to the actual reality of how horrible yeah. it was. The plantation scene is is really on the nose, but you know you're fighting for the biggest nothing in history. Is they're interesting scenes at least. They've been they're back in there for a reason. One thing I will agree with a lot of people on is that. By introducing Kurtz earlier in the movie, it does lose a little like because he starts reading from Time magazine mm-hmm. while he's in the while Willard is in the cage. Kurtz starts reading to him from something, some coverage that he's read. I think it's from Time. Whereas in the original 
cut. He just like kind of looms out of the shadows. Yeah. So I, I get that. I get that. And also on a related note, you've been watching The Apprentice, right? Not for the last 10 years. No. Okay, listen. <laughs> so Claude... Yeah, Claude Littner. Oh yeah, Claude. Is, you know Claude. He he's now one of uh, Alan Sugar's advisors. I'll show you. I'll show you a picture in a bit, Dave. Anyway, he used to be the guy at the very end, or in the penultimate part of the process, who would do the interviews and just tear people a new one. And he was like Colonel Kurtz. You knew when you started a new series of The Apprentice, and soon the contestants knew this as well that they'd have to go up river the tasks, and he would be waiting for them, and he would kill them. It was incredible. But now. He's in it every week, and it's humanised him. You see him laughing. What the fuck is he doing laughing? Mm. And I just like to say that The Apprentice was better when Claude was some sort of mad business version of Kurt sitting mm. in the shard and not fucking yeah. there he every week. He was like as an end of level boss. That's how he worked. He was amazing. Like, you know. He was so good. But yeah. remember when he read somebody's CV? Well, he did a lot, but he read he reads the CVs to them, and there was that one who'd written on his CV, "I put a leash on people spunking money up the wall," and he reads it to the guy, and he's like, "Do you think that's clever?" <laughs> <laughs> and the guy laughs, and he goes, "Well, to be honest, I didn't think I'd get this far, so, like, oh, so you're not taking it seriously then." I did the interviews for the first season of that. So yeah, it'd be really interesting. I didn't know you people, got that far, Dave. Yeah, that old uh, <laughs> people coming in. Um, who are obviously very successful, like sucking up to you. And it's like, mate, I am, I'm, I must have been what, 18, 19? Yeah. Like, I am not the decision maker. <laughs> but it was funny. You're like, it's the guy in the Savile Row suit who looks really angry. He's, uh, yeah, that's he's Burns. Not, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you hadn't become the full tosser at that point, though, had you? I'm not. I'm a very nice, you know, when he came people, out the room oh, that way. Was he, was he worse before or is he worse now, Burns? I, I think he's worse now, but with a, with a sense of irony, whereas before it was just was without the irony. This is unbelievable. <laughs> this character assassination, yeah, unfucking real. Yeah, like I can't, I didn't do that much wrong when I was at university. Didn't no, you? Put, I, didn't, you didn't you put a football through the windows of a listed building? No. And then, and then you firstly, blamed, and then you blamed, then you blamed it on some bigger boys no, who'd run away. Firstly, you called flat the janitor deni- and went, listen, flat listen. denial on that. That never happened. Okay. Secondly, I was very polite and courteous <clears throat> and always on time, but I did. This is probably where this comes from. So, you know, you're, you're knackered. You've got your, you know, modern European cinema that's going on on a Thursday after the union. Yeah, like I've said before, I took a pillow in there and, you know, got, people got upset. And so then I realised that Just Juice carton packets can support the full weight of an, an adult human head. Because <laughs> they're Tetra Pak, right? I wish he was joking. So you drink the Just Juice and then you just push the top in a little bit and then squeeze the sides. Just rest your forehead Yeah, and it. you can just rest your forehead on it and it will support you. You just go to sleep. People will look up and you're quite far away because you always sit at the back when you do this. They're like, oh, he's just he's just writing stuff, but he wants to be very close to the words to make sure they're right. <laughs> look, go and buy Just Juice. Fucking try, try that. You know, we'll you know I'm right. Trust me. Video you know I'm right. <laughs> he did once throw a fucking piece of metal at my head. That was the one time I did nearly actually punch him. That never happened. That fucking did I thought happen. that happened to Higgy. No, it happened to me when you uh, Maybe it just happened. And, yeah, look. If I lose at Pez, that there were a lot of bad Pez aftermath. There was bad, like, but I didn't take responsibility for that because that was in the past. <laughs> and that, that's, that's how it works. And that was, a, and I'm not that person anymore. <laughs> right, moving on. Quoth, see a character in Star Trek. Asked, what is your favourite movie trope? It's quite a loaded question with favourite because most of them are shite, aren't they? 
Mm. Mm. I mean, the, the great thing of Austin Powers taking the piss out of the being asked three times, that's thankfully seems to have calmed down a lot of that drivel. Mm. Sorry, I can only think of Star Trek tropes. Fucking hell, oh. Jim. Uh, of which my favourite. <laughs> and they do this in like every other episode. There's some bullshit kind of uh, tech wank explanation about why they shouldn't do something like... And it's proper just like, I mean, there's that, there's the daft metaphors, but there's like, there's, there's some brilliant, um, there's this one episode, for example, uh, of Deep Space Nine, where they're like, we need to go to warp. And somebody turns to them and goes, inside a solar system? It's like, you do that every week. What's the problem? <laughs> All of a sudden, for this one episode, it's a really bad idea. And, but it's only, that line is only there. So the captain can then turn around and go, if we don't, there won't be a solar system. Yeah. And it's like every uh, single time, like, we can't go faster than this, we'll tear the ship apart. If we don't, there won't be a ship left to save. One like, of my a pet hates is the going through the asteroid field where it's like, oh my God, we're being hit on all sides. You wouldn't, you, if you went through an asteroid field in the real world, you'd, mm-hmm. you'd literally wouldn't see one. Or you'd be incredibly it's lucky pretty, it? to like, see one. Oh no, there's 10,000 kilometers between every object in yeah. this asteroid, in this debris field. That's not fun. Well, I guess why you do that for, for, for drama. Obviously. Good ones, walking away from explosions without looking back. That's a good That's a good trope. one. It's good until you see that what's-his-name did it in every one of his films. The fucking Nico under siege bloke, what's-his-name, Steven Seagal. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. He's a badass action hero. He can yeah. do that. He fucking isn't. <laughs> he was. He never was. He was. He was. He was. He was always crap. He it's, did one good film. If you're listening to this, Steven Seagal, any little car park of your choosing, <laughs> Jim will fight you in. Listen, he did one good film, which was Die Hard on a Boat, and the rest of his career was utter crap. Excuse me, what about Half Past Dead? She's, that's rubbish. Yeah, it's but not... it's called Half Past Dead. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that does get at least a six What out about ten. The Glimmer Man? Yeah. Yeah. What about Die Hard on a Boat 2? This time it's a train. I think my favourite of the tropes is the um, all, when all the bad guys are nice and charming and extremely polite. Yeah, or, or the uh, the ugly girl or guy that takes off the glasses and then is incredibly attractive. Yeah, that happens. That's that happens every day. Dribble. <laughs> I saw that in music videos. It definitely happens. Yeah. What? It's not a special effect, is it? Well, the really hot girl with glasses on. Oh, she's so geeky. Don't they they play around with that in uh, Arrested Development, don't they, with Kitty? Yes. (laughs) Where Job can't decide if he wants her to have her glasses Glasses on on or or hair up or down or... Yeah. Then I think the the overriding joke is that Kitty, in whatever configuration, is quite good looking anyway. So, you know. Well, ones I really hate is scientists being thick as fuck. Oh, Prometheus. Well, I mean, that's certainly one to go to. Let's take these helmets off. What? Oh, well, what's well, the scientists one in- arguing with military people and being complete, like, unwilling to accept that, you know, when military people are saying to scientists, yeah, but we need to pack up the lab now, otherwise we're all going to die because there's three Tomahawk missiles on the way. Mm. And a scientist is like, I can't leave this experiment. And it's like, you're going to die. Like, there's no argument here. Mm. Like, surely in the real world, the scientists would be like, you know what, actually. Mate, fuck. I'm off the clock. Fuck, <laughs> fuck the research. Let's go. Yeah, like, big time. Yeah. So uh, Another classic is, uh, give me a beer. I mean, oh, if yeah. If you in any pub, they'd be like, well, which one? Yeah. Just give me a beer. Yeah. Or... Mm. The hanging up without saying goodbye. 
yeah, no- and, and I notice it every time. Yeah. And I thought that, like, I thought, is this just an American thing? Do they, I do it all the time. It's are great. they just rude to each other? But actually, it's it's just it's just for time. It's just it's just films. Yeah, people get it. You know what a phone yeah. call is. I mean, on phones, driving the port often is shit. We need to call the police. Oh, my phone doesn't have any signal and or battery, mm-hmm. which on certain films works. I mean, that would probably it. work. I mean, there's for times me. you're in central fucking London and you can't get a signal. Mm-hmm. Mm. Remember in Die Hard Four when they shoot a satellite down or something. There's a problem with the satellites, yeah. so all the phones, all the mobile phones, stop working, and it's like, it's, they're, they're not satellite phones. That <laughs> you can shoot down all the fucking satellites you like. It's not going to stop the masts from working. <laughs> I'm a cop, and I'm one week from retirement, but I'm going to come back to yeah. the one last job. Oh, the, uh, the Simpsons. Just take your fucking watch. If you were one week from retirement, go on. You'd be fucking sat behind a desk watching fucking Pornhub while everyone else does the work. Excuse me. Oh, so this is this no, is this what is you've what been doing more in Japan, been. right? Classic. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. Like the dual monitor setup. Now. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, I got the dual monitor set up because I still get the work done, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Right. Good tropes. I don't. I don't know. Oh, yeah. well, another one of my favourite ones is firing a gun. It runs out of bullets, so you just throw the fucking gun away. Yeah, and it's like yeah. Yeah, nobody goes. Don't, don't chuck. That's that's, that's that's expensive. That's worth fifty hundred quid. Bullets are really cheap. No, yeah. guns are actually fairly inexpensive. They're fucking not. They are. You can buy you can buy the Bushmaster uh, AR rifle for about thousand dollars. Yeah, but that's, that's more than a bullet. That's a, that's a lot of money. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, but you're right. Like, okay, for example, that's not, that's, that's the, that's well under the cost of a good watch. <laughs> Mate, get yourself a Casio, 20 quid. You've got nine. Casio F91W, it's eight ninety nine in Argos and it's a design classic. There you Some, go. Someone Listen, asked, your watch is that costs, the one with a calculator on it? Your watch oh, no. costs about eight grand more than mine, but does yours tell you when you get a text? <laughs> Sorry. Well, oh, no. Face when he walked in with that smartwatch was a f- feature to Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! And no, it doesn't. And that's a, that's not a bug. That's a feature. Okay. <laughs> I don't need to be reminded of people fucking harassing me yeah. constantly. No, anyway. harassing and fighting. Stop, when you're when you're fighting twenty on. bad guys, you only ever fight one at a time. Yeah. Stop kidding on anyone actually tries to contact you unless they really need to. Excuse me, <laughs> I get fucking I I get phone calls from you while I'm in the bath. You should know I'm in the bath. I don't phone you when when you're yes, in the bath. Yes, you do. I fucking well, it's well, a video call. You you'll never. Have. Yeah, exactly. You'll never know because you don't know my bath times, <laughs> and you should. <laughs> who right? has a, who the fuck has a bath? Time? Excuse me. Every Sunday, just after heartbeat. <laughs> That's bath time. <laughs> that was bath time. <laughs> was it? Or where the heart is, depending on how the series are running. I was going to say that that was that was bath time in 1998, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, and I haven't classic. had one since then. So yeah. technically, it still stands up. Do you not just jump in the shower whenever you know you just you know you've you've gone to sleep and you wake up and you're like, oh. no, because I have to have a bath. Because showers, I feel they just you can't think in the shower. There's no thinking You're that happens. You're not in there so. to think. You're in there to just have a fucking wash and get out. Yeah, but you can read a book in the bath. <laughs> and that, you know, I read books in the bath. I mean, so do I. Who doesn't do that? I, mean, I don't read a book in the shower, but I read it in the yeah, bath. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Idiots like you, fucking Jim, can't read anyway. You're probably Listen. tweeting away, aren't you? Listen, I, I, I tweet in the shower. Yeah. I've been known to do that. <laughs> you just got a rain mac on over the <laughs> over your hands. Wearing my cut off. <laughs> <laughs> right, next. Garth. You uh-huh. ready, Steve? Take a good sip of that water because uh-huh. you're about to go fucking mental for okay. a change. Robocop 
versus T100 versus Predator. Who wins? What? I remember when I had my eighth birthday. <laughs> yeah. And this was a topic of discussion. First of all, it's a T1000 as well, mate. Yeah. Surely. Um, unless he means the T800. Who knows? Um, it could just be a typo. Stop yeah, being mean. It must be T1000, yeah. You must mean T1000. Stop being yeah. mean to everyone all the time. Um, well, it's obviously the T1000, though, isn't it? Nah. No, it's definitely the T1000. Nah. There's, there's no way yeah. that... Well, it's not Robocop. He's getting murked right away. Well, Robocop's fucking shite, uh, Excuse me. In Robocop 3, he has a flamethrower attachment. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, oh, yeah. Actually, yeah, you're right. What are you on about? Oh, oh surprise. Drivel. Yeah, he's got. It's not going to fucking do anything against the T-1000 or... It gets melted at the end of the fucking... That's how they kill it! Not a flamethrower! Not a flamethrower! It gets melted in a fucking pool of molten metal! Yeah, yeah. Well, not you just slightly have... higher temperatures! Well, it's like a barbecue, you just turn the heat up on the flamethrower, oh, and it? it's got nozzles! And the predator, can, the predator can fuck off. The T-1000 isn't even going to show up in the Predator's visor because it's cold, isn't it? So... Well, That's according to the second movie, it's, uh, there's different vision modes, so it's not just heat. Uh, hence why they tried to get it in the meatpacking district. Hence why they tried to get it in the meatpacking district and it turns the fucking visor. We're only accepting what was depicted in the first appearances of these characters, right? So Robocop doesn't have a fucking flamethrower. It doesn't matter if he does anyway. Give him two flamethrowers. It doesn't matter anyway. And the Predator can't fucking x-ray through a, I don't know, car or whatever, right? So... Let's just stop being silly now. The T one thousand the dreadlocked extraterrestrial hunter. The T one thousand would win that fight, even if Robocop and the Predator set aside their differences and teamed up against the T one thousand. Don't know, man. Differences. Don't know. Who'd win in Alien versus Predator? The Predator. Of course it would. Of course it would. Yeah, pre- yeah, Predator would. Yeah, just, yeah. Just enjoying the stir off between the two of you. Like, yeah. in the, in the only fucking reason the alien gets close to winning in that shit is because there's fucking more of them. That's not fair, is it? Imagine, <laughs> imagine if it was an infinite number of. <laughs> See, I'm getting into it now. This is the problem. Well, an I really... infinite number of predators versus an infinite number of aliens. <laughs> could they write Shakespeare? If they yeah, left I reckon. Room? Honestly, my favorite bit well of Alien versus Predator is when, like, halfway through, they have a flashback, and it's basically the plot of Stargate. <laughs> It is actually. <laughs> Fucking hell. Right, no more of that shit. Right, Alex Wood asks, any other early experimental film recommendations? And just so Burns can have his little... Oh, I what? saw Meshes of the Afternoon after Burns mentioned it. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. What's the other one with the fucking eye? Uh, the cow. Chan Andalou. That's the one. By Do um, that. Louis Bunuel and Salvador Dali. That That's is definitely one to check out. I guess you could look at some Stan Brackage stuff. Mm, careful, but, though. I mean, a lot of this, <laughs> you have to take it the time that it was made and how different it was to what is around compared to, you see these in just a fucking Taylor Swift music video now. You see a lot of yeah. the stuff that these artists have done. Oh, Man Ray, I guess you could look at some yeah. of his. Messing around with the form was something that was quite new, obviously. Uh I think, yeah, I think you could do Brackage, but it's it's tough going. I mean, we had to watch hours of it at a time, but just uh, Dog Star Man, is it? Yeah. I mean, Parts it's fucking one to a million. I, I think Meshes is is the best one. Yeah. And then I would say in Shenandaloo, um, Legette, maybe? Yes. About half an hour. Long, yeah. Roughly. Get that in you as well. I think that, yeah, it's... We'd like to think of film as a certain way now. Three-act structure, hero's journey, whatever. High concept if you're going to use the Don Simpson approach. But, you know, in the 50s, 60s and 70s, there was some movement towards... Because even then, 
you know, you there's the, the codification of how films should be made. So ben Hur is made in the 50s and you've got John Ford and the rest of all the what we would call mainstream directors. Yeah. Hitchcock's playing around with some of it with rope or whatever. Well, yeah, I mean, you've got the whole Salvador Dali um, scene in which one? God, it's uh, the, yeah, what I don't know. We'll drop it into the thing. But yeah, in terms of watching these movies, they can be quite... They're extremely abstract in a lot of ways. I think Meshes works because it for a lot of people because people don't just immediately bounce off it because it it ha- you can follow it quite easy you know it ha- you you know it's about dreams mm-hmm. and so you're in whereas any of the bracket stuff is, well it's, it's very tough it's more going. like what you would see in the Tate modern yeah yeah I'm not saying you know, I'm not saying you're, you're too stupid to understand it no it's just a lot just of those things are being incorporated the... into popular culture so much that you mm. would watch them if you're not appreciating where they come in from a historical point of view and be like well what's the big deal about it it's similar to when you hear uh, a song and it's been it has a, a sample in it from something you didn't know where that came from and then when you look back it seems so obvious like oh so that sample came from this song mm-hmm. but with visuals, that's there's a bit more abstraction going on there. So yeah, check out Brackage and all the rest of the boys. Spellbound, by the way, is the Hitchcock film with Salvador Dali, oh, Dali dream yeah. sequence. Yeah, yeah. But I suppose you could like it doesn't necessarily have to be short experimentals films from the early days. You could watch Tarkovsky's films like Mirror. Um, I'm in childhood. Yeah, they're all from, they're all free now. Um, Tarkovsky stuff. They're on YouTube. You can watch. Solaris, and you can watch Stalker, you can which come is all the way up modern day Mulholland Drive, David mm-hmm. Lynch, mm-hmm. Um, Dogville, Lars von Trier, which is I think is a great one. Mm, wow, um, no more of that guy. What? Um, yeah, I think messing around. If you if you're interested in meshes and you want to push it a little bit further, then those are the those are the ones to look into. Uh, what you should definitely watch is Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. That is a, yeah, fucking amazing. Yeah. Film. Do that. German Do it. expressionism. Yeah. Um, early films, Voyage, Don's Loon is definitely worth a watch. I think it's the first science fiction film ever made. No, All our films know. are bad. There's a great comment on that, actually. It's online. Um, is that that film, to, un- to understand it, that film was made closer to the French Revolution than it is to now. <laughs> <laughs> so then when you watch it, you can actually appreciate yeah. the age yeah. of it. Uh, and also Metropolis. I know that no, sounds like a really obvious, brilliant. but if you've not, you may it may just be a movie that you know about, and maybe even in the pub you've gone, oh yeah, Metropolis, yeah, I've seen that. And then when you press to go, that yeah, you don't know, she goes to a different school, but um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's also the basis of a lot of C three. When when I was a teenager, yeah, and Robocop was one. When I was a teenager, they released on DVD um, uh, a three hour cut of Metropolis. And uh, with a 5.1 soundtrack, which was just piano and was recorded like fucking 80 years later. <laughs> um, Does Meshes have we, music originally or is that added later? I can't remember. Oh, I don't know. I think that's actually a point of contention. You know, I think that there are there are different versions with different uh, soundtracks or whatnot on them. But yeah, it's a weird know. thing with silent films is like a lot of people have added kind of like audio later. Do you know what, you know what we should do? Yeah. Version of Meshes, fucking Scott just got... A battery by Metallica playing over, it. <laughs> yeah. or Sanitarium. Yeah. I mean, isn't that just like? I mean, early YouTube was <laughs> early. U- 
Anime Early YouTube footage. was people making fucking videos for Nickelback songs with footage from Smallville. That's all I remember yeah, from that, like yeah. early YouTube. That. But like, um, I just when I was when I was a teenager, when me and my mate watched Metropolis, and we were well into weed at the time, and we were fucking. <laughs> I mean, that'll help. We that. were stoned as fuck, and we thought it was brilliant. And we can't remember anything about it. <laughs> no, it, is, it is a brilliant film. That is because so. I mean, there's a lot of films that you you would watch from that era. If you're interested in the history of film, but are in truth pretty fucking boring mm. or very very racist, in yeah, the terms well, of yeah. the birth of a nation. Um, but actually, Metropolis is definitely w- worth a watch, as is Cabinet Doctor Caligari. If mm. you haven't seen Message of the Afternoon yet, Google that; it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, legit, half an hour. Yeah, that's that, be, that is incredible. That became Twelve Monkeys, or was yeah. the inspiration for Twelve Monkeys? It's fantastic. Do it. And all these are freely available, I think. Say what, the um, uh, film sound is... uh, People do sort of weird experimental things with it. People have done sort of great sound design things in kind of mainstream movies that are often kind of not not appreciated because people generally don't pay that much attention to sound, which is a weird thing to say, but, you know, sound design is a very underappreciated mm. kind of field. Um, but, like, uh, it, I remember my dad telling me a story. He's obsessed with The Battle of Britain, that film. Mm-hmm. And I remember him uh, telling me about... Uh, there was an argument in the edit about the the score, um, and they wanted the, dire- the director, I think, wanted to change the score... And uh, the lead actor was furious because I think he knew the composer and believed the, the the score that this guy had done to be better. And so in the in the actual Battle of Britain scene with the fucking the actual dogfighting and stuff, and it's meant to be, it's meant to have foley and explosions and radio chatter and stuff like that. And there was a misunderstanding with the with the actor said. I, I only I want this guy's music in that scene, and I only want his music. <laughs> Let him have it, right? Exactly. So that scene, um, as the film was released, has no sound apart from the score. So the battle plays out in silence, and you just have the mm-hmm. the the music, and it's one of the most kind of you know one of the most affecting kind of uh, battle scenes in any sort of Second World War movie. Mm. Um, and it's just you know it's just an argument and just a, just a mistake. Just, just basic. I mean, I don't, I don't know if it was a mis a misunderstanding or if someone was like, well, I'll tell you what, you know, if it was just two people just getting each other's backs up to the point where actually they make a brilliant creative decision completely accidentally. Mm. On the um, on that note, uh, in the making of the World at War, mm-hmm. uh, Sir Jeremy Isaac's producer talks about about how. They did the the soundtrack, not the soundtrack. They did the sound effects mm-hmm. for it. So anytime you watch anything, pretty much from the Second World War, that's real footage, all of that sound was added afterwards mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they're not fucking and that not you know rocking on camera sound you know recording are they? That's a whole separate thing. Yeah. And so he said about in attempting to find the truth in the footage, he said it, it sounds misleading. But it's also one of those things that if you don't have any sound constantly, like it works for the Battle of Britain and it works for uh, the Barbers of Dajo scene in Platoon because all the sound cuts out as mm-hmm. Elias is killed. Spoiler alert. Uh, but he was saying that you have to put sound into it. So you know when you, you see fire planes and you go... Like, it's all added. Like, it's, mm-hmm. These are all effects and all the sound of machine guns. And, he, and he's talking about finding the authenticity of shit, so which sound effects are we going to use? Because some people will know that gun doesn't sound like that. And so he talks about making that documentary and how you have to... All documentaries have a level of invention 
even if it's just the way you shot it. But it's really interesting to talk about sound design being uh, underappreciated. That's mm-hmm. uh, so. If you have the Blu-ray of the World of War, uh, definitely watch like an hour-long making of. Well, I mean, I never it. get and people make mistakes when they do this when they're making a film, as they ignore sound, and that's literally half of your sensory input. <laughs> mm. To ignore that is the and that's the thing you'll notice actually. I mean, focus puzzles will kill me for saying this, but if a shot's slightly out of focus, actually most people tend not to notice. Mm. If the sound's bad, you notice immediately. But yeah. interesting, you were talking about the, the war, recording sound for war. Actually, something that is that if I ever get any actual influence I'd want to fix in St. Helens is, the, <laughs> is George Groves, who basically invented so much of the stuff that is taken for granted now mm-hmm. and in sound design is from st helens you would never know it's a tiny little blue plaque there in nothing else and he uh was on the jazz singer which is widely considered to be the very first talky oscar uh, winner for my fair lady and just invented all of these things that, that enable you us to record mm. sound on, on motion pictures and there's fucking nothing in st helens except a tiny little plaque Really, for him, and he's probably the. I mean, certainly one of the pioneers and most important people is, is this your, who's ever lived for, it, for, for sound. Is this your Hyman Roth moment when in you know, the Godfather Part Two? You know the the guy who Michael Corleone has killed, he gets shot through the eye mm-hmm. while he's having a massage, and then Hyman Roth sees him, and this is the admission that Roth knows that he had him killed, where he says, "Mo Green had a dream, and it was <laughs> yeah. you know it was, and he built that city, and there's not a plaque." Or a statue of him anywhere to be found in Las yeah, Vegas. It's exactly so a desert stop over yeah, for a GIs. Yeah, fucking statue up to George Groves. You there probably you should. Not right. the boxer. Well, yeah. You've got influence down there, haven't you? You, <laughs> you've got the same voice. The same fucking <laughs> stupid voice. You can talk to these. I, I can't do it. Like. So, I remember um, reading about the... Uh, you've never read anything. <laughs> about, um, of all things, fucking Skyfall. Um, and the sound recordist was talking about the, the sound engineer that was talking about the mix on that and how there were certain text, techniques they were using to um, affect the, the the mood and tone of certain scenes and like when um, for example when when they wanted to bring the tension down um, there would be uh, the sound of an ocean brought very lightly and very imperceptibly in the mix but definitely there just enough to be sort of processed low level by mm. by your brain but not enough that you could make it out really it's like there's, there's weird trick psychosomatic tricks that people have been that's there. amazing all that and the foley as well yeah, yeah. and the kilohertz stuff if it's fucking, just... do you know what i love i love doing foley foley I've, is really I've interesting not done lo- done, well done a lot if you like that sort of thing <laughs> watch this space yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. but for horror movies isn't there a particular kilohertz banding that gives you the fear it's like a dog whistle uh not the races, <laughs> like uh, yeah, like yeah. a proper dog whistle where it's used to set lot you on edge. Yeah. yeah, and you you can't it's like the really, brown note, right? You can't really what the brown note. Never heard of the brown <laughs> note. What the hell are you talking about? That's <laughs> well, exactly what it's you're thinking. A legendary bass note that makes people shit themselves. Oh right, that just so sounds like, like an entire South Park. Hold on, that just about. sounds like the plot of an episode of Bottom. It was it was <laughs> the plot of an episode of South Park. So I mean, <laughs> an yeah. animated version of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't even know what we were talking about now. I've, lost, I've completely lost my train of thought. Yeah, some shit, I don't know. But yeah, no, uh, uh, yeah, Foley. Um, see, uh, Harry Bingo doing ADR and doing Foley and putting sounds uh, to to vision 
um, that that weren't there when you recorded it mm. is immensely fun, and I enjoy mm-hmm. it. The ADR lot. on our reveal video, yeah. Jim Burns Dave, is incredible, and I'm not sure. Like, if you weren't told it, yeah, you'd never know. It's oh, that's so what good. Trink is good at any. It's so all these good. Touches exactly. In. Exactly. Exactly, because the because the on camera audio was fucking terrible. So we just yeah, we just Dave, Dave it. said it out wrong there. What <laughs> <laughs> <a fuck>. uh, <laughs> Right, before we go, one final question. It comes from Sulkin Hunky and from Amy Brick Shithouse. Okay, both of them double down. Right, listen. While we're on the subject of double downs, so I had a double down in 2010. Here we go in New York. Which is pretty much my equivalent of saying, yeah, I saw the uh, Rolling Stones or Led Zeppelin on tour. <laughs> yeah, so the double down that you, that's now here is is similar. Do you want to explain what a double down is in case people are not, okay, are not aware like of Okay, it's like a chicken sandwich. You're not doubling down on something problematic. Let's explain. Oh, your, right, no. Your, it's, uh, it's a burger. It's, it's a chicken burger, but the, the bun is chicken. Well, it's... it's and a, they've removed the middle bit. Isn't it a beef burger? What the fuck? No. It's from KFC, man. <laughs> I thought it was a beef burger, but with bits of chicken instead of bread. See, you've got it wrong. See, this is how legends... Uh, I'm a lot less interested in the double down now. You're not fucking vegan. You're not interested in any part of that. (laughs) You shouldn't be interested. So I think when it was first announced uh, years ago, I was like, yeah, see, this is the sort of thing that I would come up with because it's so stupid. (laughs) It's so, so dumb, but it has something to it. That you're like, of course, replace the bun with chicken. Is that how you think of yourself? Yeah. I mean, I'm so stupid, but also enigmatic. Well, kind of. (laughs) But like, basically, if you if you're if you're too stupid to know that you are stupid, you're fucked. Okay. (laughs) And that's that's the way I feel about it. That is true. Exactly. Very true. Anyway, so on that note, (laughs) yeah. So we so we go to uh, New York. I'm on there on a press trip, and I see a KFC, and there it is in the window like you know when you see toys and we're like fuck they've got the double down here and at that point the world wasn't quite as cynical as it is now mm-hmm. and so people were like fuck let's do it let's just do it and I was like this is great I mean it's a complete novelty but what I like about it is it represents uh, capitalism and commercialism's ability to hijack people's imaginations with just pure shite just just <laughs> absolute rank novelty taking over all it is is two mini fillets with a bit of bacon in the middle you can make it at any point by ordering two mini fillets taking the chicken out and putting the bacon that you get in there in you could do it but but I don't want to do it like I said the novelty I thought it was a beef burger with 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 chicken patties but it's good and I'm going to get one Uh, after this (laughs) after we've recorded this because what I want to do um, I I want to now make the beef burger that has chicken instead of bread and I would have to renounce veganism temporarily while I do it obviously I mean if you're going to do it though you might as well go full hog aren't you you see you know I keep I keep explaining to people that that, um, you know I'm not really vegan I just I've stopped eating animal-based stuff for the most part because it makes me feel ill. But that's, you know, that's... Mm. I have no morals. I'm not doing this... <laughs> oh, yeah. No one's ever suggested that. No I'm not one's... doing this for the animals. Yeah. I don't give a shit about animals. Yeah. Like, you know. What? What about Saddam? <laughs> yeah. How, d- how dare you? The dog you? Saddam. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, actually, I like animals. I like cats, but, you know, but the, the, the most aloof of the animals. Cats aren't animals. No. Um, but yeah, they're just cursed people. Because a lot, a lot of people like you know, ever since I made that kind of dietary kind of shift, people have been like, "So are you like are you well into animals?" So I'm like, <laughs> "No, like wh- why would you?" I mean, what is this well, question? Why would you think that? It's, was it's, it's a weird thing, is it? It's quite a logical step like, for people to take. I, I, I was like, you know, I, I I lived with a vegetarian for a very long time, 
and and her she didn't like animals and her attitude was it like no i don't like animals i don't want them in my house i don't want to put them in my mouth and i was like well you can't fault with that i mean yeah fair enough enough. can't wait for that to be taken completely out of context (laughs) so on that note free to take that and loop that on that note the double down stupidity is its inherent appeal yeah there you go which is why i love it which is sort of like (laughs) Because it feels like you're taking a piss out of people. All of us as individuals and our YouTube channel and this podcast. The thing is, is that the joke's on you. It's not KFC because they're going to make millions of pounds out. The joke is on you, but presented to you as something that you should desire. And it's perfect. Capitalism 101. Yeah, it's great. That's why I love it. So go get yourself a double down. Get yourself some experimental films. Sit in and have a great night. Exactly. Bye.